Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Hearings about what happened in Afghanistan. The stories out of, out of Afghanistan are remarkably, remarkably frightening. The southern border is a dangerous place, but allow me for a moment to share a story that is going to get brushed aside that needs full attention. It's the Virginia governor's race. In the Virginia governor's race, you have a guy by the name of Youngkin, Y-O-U-N-G-K-I-N. He, Republican, is taking on Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe used to be the governor of Virginia. He's a Clintonista from the early days. And the way they do things in Virginia, you don't run for re-election. You got to take some time off, and then you can come back. So Republican Glenn Youngkin, Democrat Terry McAuliffe, in a state that should be a Republican state, but because of those areas around D.C., huge populations, leftists, it goes politically left. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I bring this up because those people who have been focused on their kids' education and focused on what's happening in schools need to hear this. A debate that took place last night in this race. There are two governor's races in 2021. Virginia, New Jersey. Fun stuff. Let's get to it. And Virginia can flip. Right now, it's Blackface Ralph Northam, who's the governor of Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, Blackface. No, no, no. That, you're thinking of Blackface Jimmy Kimmel? Completely different Blackface. And in this race, there was a conversation during the debate about education. Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, speaking about this. As goes the Chiron, right, the lower third, in, in, as they're broadcasting this on, on local TV, should protections, should protections for transgender students be statewide or determined locally? That's what they're talking about. At least that's what they're showing. I set up the scene for you. This is 20 seconds. If you're driving, hands on 10 and 2. Or what do they say now, 9 and 3? Well, hands on the wheel. Hands on the wheel. If you're at home, sit down and listen. Veto books, Glenn. Not to be knowledge about it. Also, take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. Oh no 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 no! I haven't even gotten to it yet. Now we're talking about books in the library. We've had this conversation locally where I live. You've seen it uh, nationwide. There are books in school libraries that are absolutely inappropriate for middle schoolers and maybe even for high schoolers. And it's if the book was a movie, the kid wouldn't be able to see it. Kid wouldn't be old enough to see it. Why is that book in the library? This is not about banning books. That's what people like Ibram Kendi wants you to believe. This is about asking whether that book should be in the library. These are people who believe that the American flag is divisive and troublesome, but a book that's detailing rape is fine for a middle schooler. So this is only part one of what he said. Parents shouldn't be able to make that decision. Foreshadowing. Here it comes. 
be prepared. Veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, to yeah, I parents, you stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, not I get really tired. Take it in, guys. Take it in. Stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, I don't think parents should be te- telling schools what to teach. Parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, I- if it's not the parents, then who is it? Parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, if you want to know. What it is so many school boards think of you. What little respect they have for you. What little respect unions have for you. How many unions do you think are supporting Terry McAuliffe for governor? I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, I get really tired. He's tired. He's tired. Parents should absolutely be in charge of their child's education. The problem that we have is that we somehow think that the school should be in charge of the education. This is wrong. Why do we think that the school system the way we have it is the right way to do it? Haven't we seen that it isn't always the right way to do it? As a matter of fact, sometimes it's a very wrong way to do it. And the way that we see these unions and these politicos that get supported by Unions Act, it's absolutely an adversarial relationship, and we need to make sure that our kids are getting the best we can give them, and that doesn't necessarily mean the school. Break those unions in two. Let them cry. Let them suffer. Let them go out into the market and actually earn their keep. It's not me being anti-teacher. We're still going to need the teachers, don't you know? We just don't need the woke teachers. We don't need the radical teachers. We don't need anybody who believes this. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know. Parents are the only ones who should be telling schools what to teach. As Larry O'Connor, radio host in D.C. and writes over at Town Hall, put it, that is a blunder that's going to haunt him for forever. Haunt him and the political left. But the political left is not done. No, 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 no. They are ride or die on $3.5 trillion. They are ride or die on the debt limit and seeing us not uh, pay the bills. Oh, sure, it's the Republicans who are stopping the debt limit from climbing. How about a stopping of spending? Let's break it down. Bob Sellers is scheduled to be with us, former CNBC, currently host at Newsmax. We're going to break down what's going on with the numbers and what comes next. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So we've got the $3.5 trillion spending bill, which they call an infrastructure bill, which isn't. That's the one they want to pass via budget reconciliation. No Republican votes needed. Then there's the $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure bill. That's the one that's supposedly bipartisan, which isn't as much infrastructure as you would like, but certainly is better than the $3.5 trillion, although I argue it's too much. Then you have the debt limit. How much money can the United States borrow to engage a level of spending? It's all coming to a head, 
And guys like Bernie Sanders are all ride or die. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you. Bob Sellers joins us right now. You know him as the anchor of American Agenda on Newsmax TV. I appear on Newsmax with Bob every Tuesday, sometimes more often than that. He formerly of uh, CNBC, uh, co-hosting today's business and Market Watch, so he knows the markets very well. We're dealing with a couple different things, Bob, but when you see Bernie Sanders say quite clearly, if you don't pass the $3.5 trillion package first, we're not going to pass the $1.2 trillion package. He's holding everything hostage for ideology, not infrastructure, true or false? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because uh, I think you were saying uh, <laughs> this $3.5 trillion deal that they want to get passed. Folks, think about that. Anybody who's listening to this program, we – you didn't use to drop the term trillion dollars all that easily, right? So now you're talking three and a half trillion as if it's nothing. No, three and a half trillion is an enormous amount of money. We have a national debt we've accumulated over 200 years of just over $28 trillion. You just want to spend another three and a half trillion. They were going to put that $1.2 trillion infrastructure package on top of that. They also did $1.9 trillion in the spring. Um, and by the way, this is just part of keeping the uh, economy going, the government going as well. Uh, this is outrageous, and it's basically the social agenda. They want to give all kinds of free stuff away. They want to get a free preschool, uh, free daycare, uh, free community college. Uh, look, I'd love everything to be free. I have a couple girls getting ready to go to college. I wish it were cheaper, and I think there are reasons it should be. But I'm not asking for the government to pay for everything, which, by the way, means that you and I are actually paying for it. Which is where it gets into that weird conversation, the, the, the talking point they have been pushing over the last couple of days. And the talking point is, and uh, you had uh, Speaker Pelosi say it just earlier today, let me play this for you, that why are you talking about the cost? The cost of the $3.5 trillion bill is actually zero. It's not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. It's about what are the values that we share and how we prioritize them. That $3.5 trillion is paid through taxation, as they say, no, and Representative Pamela Jayapal says it, of the rich and the wealthy. Bob, you've been around this stuff a long time. It always no. costs something. Of course. It's ridiculous. I think in this new package, they proposed 40, 40 new taxes of some kind. Yeah, they want to pay for this, but let, let's look at two ways. Number one, I don't believe for a moment that it's all so-called paid for, and they make assumptions, by the way, that there's a certain amount of income is going to come in, but anybody who's ever heard of supply side or Laffer curve, you don't even have to believe it, but I'm sure you would agree with this premise, that you can raise taxes and take in more revenue. But at a certain point, if you raise taxes too high, it starts to hurt how much you can spend, how much you take home in your paycheck, how much the economy is affected. So the economy actually does not perform as well when you raise taxes too high. What I just described is the Laffer curve, and it's hard to argue with that. So the question would be, if they add 40 more taxes on top of the taxes we already have, is that going to be a good thing for the economy or a bad thing for the economy? I, Tony, I happen to think that that would be a bad thing for the economy. 
Talking to Bob Sellers of Newsmax TV, American Agenda, 3 to 5 p.m. every Monday through Friday. As we speak, the Dow is up 150. NASDAQ is just uh, uh, up a tick, up 10. But it has had some weird, weird moments over the past couple of weeks. And then you see that when we talk about housing, the interest rates are starting to tick up. Now, ticking up to 3% or 3.1%, that's still outrageously <laughs> yeah. low when you think of it historically. Right. But it has indeed ticked up. Are we starting to see some shaking in the market, which has seemed bulletproof for the past maybe eight years are we starting to see some shaking because they see this spending amount not as really enhancing uh, things because they, they do like government spending on Wall Street, but rather too much, too quick, we're in for an issue? Well, I think all of us are seeing some inflation. You can see it at the grocery store. If you've, if you've rented a car lately, you can see it there. If you've taken a, an airline trip, I can't believe how expensive the flights are. Uh, uh, buy a used car. Look how expensive they are. And I think when it comes to real estate, the prices have gotten so high, people are now starting to think, well, hold on a second. So one of the problems with everything in the economy right now is the supply. There have been bottlenecks in the supply. A lot of that because when people didn't go to work and the government started paying them to not work, uh, they kind apparently kind of like that. So you, you had like 8 million people out of work and 10 million jobs available. So um, the, the challenge that a lot of companies are having is increasing prices of their raw costs and then increases price, increased challenges in the supply chain. Things are costing more, trying to get them from point A to point B. I don't know if you've seen the video, Tony, of there are a bunch of container ships out in L.A. Harbor. 60 to happening. 70 ships between Los yeah. Angeles and Long Beach, which is the ninth largest port in the world. 60 to 70 container ships, Bob, that can't get into That's port. Right. right. And one of the reasons they can't get into port, they need some truckers to get get all the products around the rest of the country. But right now... When you get paid to stay at home, do you really want to have to do a lot of uh, heavy traveling and earn, earn your dollar? I, I mean, uh, truckers work hard. I think all of us work hard for, for what we get paid. I'd like to think that. But getting paid to stay at home has been one of the challenges now. So when you see all those uh, ships out at port, uh, they, they have nowhere to put all their goods. They have nobody that's going to put them in a truck and take them out to your local stores. That's a problem in the supply chain. So now let's take it to what we're expecting in the next, I don't know, couple of days, which is the idea that the debt limit will be reached, America runs out of money, and we have the dreaded government shutdown. We've all been through this, and many people are like, look, my life goes on as normal. I am not one of those people who believes that 100%, but certainly I am a believer that if there is a government shutdown, no money should be made up. So if you're a government employee and you're out of work for two weeks, you shouldn't get back pay. We're out of money, we're out of money. When we get money, you get paid again. I'm one of those uh, types of people. Your take of watching this uh, as you do over, over the years, uh, will Republicans crack? Will it be about less money? What will it take to raise the debt limit? And will these people get crazy enough to suspend the debt limit, which gives Congress a blank check to spend unlimited amounts of money? Well, let me start with the premise that the most important thing to me is that you maintain the full faith and credit 
of the United States dollar, of the American dollar, and of our system that it works. And the reason that matters is part of why we're able to uh, borrow money at really low rates is that we're good for it. Now, we're good for it, Tony, as you know, because uh, Uncle Sam can tax you and me and everybody else to, to make sure we're good for it. And that's another issue which we can address in a second. But the debt ceiling has to be raised for what we've already committed to. I think what Mitch McConnell and a lot of Republicans are objecting to is, wait a minute, let's not conflate this with spending another $3.5 trillion on top of $1.2 trillion on top of the $1.9 trillion already spent. Let's, let's bring some attention to the fact that before you know it, we'll be spending another $6, $7 trillion without, you know, blinking your eye. So I appreciate he's pointing that out. However, I do want to make sure that we raise the debt limit to the point where we cover the obligations we have to make sure that everybody gets Social Security gets paid, everybody that relies on the government in some fashion does get paid. Those are companies and individuals. Um, and and th we can talk about whether they're spending money properly, but once that commitment is made, we've got to be careful about playing a game with that. I don't want them playing chicken over that, but I absolutely do want to think uh, twice three times, four times about continuing to spend money. We've got to stop spending so much money. You and I don't disagree. The question is, what will it take for Republicans to say, okay, we'll go along with this? Because what they don't want to go along with is the $3.5 So in 60 seconds or yeah. less, how do they decide to go along with raising the debt limit but not go along with the $3.5 trillion? I think they're going to try to put that on the Democrats. I think they're going to try to get a continuing resolution that would only require Democratic votes to get it through. So they wouldn't apply the filibuster uh, in the Senate. They would let them pass it through on a clean bill, just raising the debt limit. That means that the Democrats are responsible for it. Although, in all fairness, we know that this is all accumulated up until now. But it, then the focus needs to go to, okay, once we get that taken care of, let's take another look at what's coming after this. And, and that to me, and I think to you, Tony, from talking with you, that that's my main concern. But I do think they'll probably be able to get something through uh, just to make sure the debt ceiling does get raised because these are commitments we've already made and need to make good on. Bob Sellers from Newsmax TV, NewsmaxTV.com. You can follow him on Twitter, Bob Sellers TV, S-E-L-L-E-R-S. -L -L -E I, have, I have a huge dream of, of creating a show for Newsmax called Seller Seller, where we sit in your basement and smoke cigars and talk. This is my... I'm there. This is my dream. <laughs> One of many. What can I say? One of many. The other is a game show. We'll talk about that another time. Bob Sellers, I appreciate you taking the time. The vice president is Kamala Harris... And when someone referred to uh, Israel as engaged in ethnic cleansing, oh, she didn't blink. She nodded her head. I've got that story. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see I have just retweeted a video of a man in Florida who took his garbage can 
and caught an alligator. Because America is still the greatest country in the world. Tony Katz. <laughs> Tony Katz today. That is crazy. That is crazy. I still see that fox running around my yard, and I'm like, I got my eye on you everywhere. It's an alligator. I used to live in Florida. I used to live in Tampa Bay. I only had a run-in with a, a gator once. I don't even necessarily remember, just in terms of it was close. Right? There was nothing in the pool or anything like that. It's Florida. You have a pool. It's not shocking. The fox kind of freaks me out because it's not it's not super big. It's not a it's not a little baby. It's and it's running around in the middle of the day. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Producer Ari thought maybe uh, there were babies and was trying to find food for the babies. I don't know. Maybe. And then other people are like, no, no, it's a fox. It runs around. No big deal. It's gorgeous. The thing is beautiful. But like I'm, I just I just find it weird. I find it weird that in the middle of the day, it's just like there, hanging out, smoking a cigarette. I'm like, what are you smoking for? Looks at me and goes, what's it to you? I don't think, I, that's weird. That is weird fox behavior, if you ask me. 833-GOT-TONY, would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. I bring up social media because uh, two of the geniuses over there at CNN, uh, Don Lemon... Yeah, I've got nothing for him. And Chris Cuomo. No, no, no. I, I didn't say Andrew Cuomo. I said Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo is the, the guy in CNN. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, that's that's the former governor of, of, of New York. Well, no, apparently they're both creeps now. <gasps> You're absolutely right. So they're doing their handoff, their famous handoff. Oh, look, we're just such good friends. La, 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 la. Hey, Don. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's your bank account? It's great. How's your bank account? It's great. Did you tell the truth today? Nope. Did you? Hell no. Fantastic. See you tomorrow. And that's what they do. They both make more money than me. I'm very, very, very upset. They're doing their handoff, and they have decided that social media... Needs to be regulated. Okay, so you know this one I'm, I'm fired up about. I've always been, I've always felt this way, that social media should be regulated. They should follow the same rules that we follow here in legacy media. They should, you should just be able to spread things about people that's not true. Um, so it has a big influence on someone's livelihood, their credibility, their career, even their, their lives. And so I think that it should, it should be regulated. I've always thought that. I don't think that I should be able just to go on Twitter or Facebook or um, Instagram and say whatever I want about Chris Cuomo, whether it's true or not. The most egregious. It gets worse. First, the idea that your platform you don't just go on and say anything that you want. Did you or did you not push the entire Russia hoax? What are you talking about? You say anything you want, anytime you want. What the hell? But it's the part two. It is the part two where it gets all super amazing. The most egregious of it all, though, is what you said. It's the people who have the biggest 
platform on social media. And they're all righties. It, they're all righties. They're all of them are righties. And it, listen, even in, if you want to call it legacy media, even, even some of the conservative media, they do the same thing. They have no, um, no, they, they have no real protocol. They have no real structure in what they, they, they say what they want. They put headlines and things and write about things. They that, say it's opinion. Yeah, this but, is all but, opinion. But that most people, most people, we would never even put it on, give it the light of day. because That's because one, we you know, have news true, accountability. That's, that's, that's the, the Fox too. farce. The uh, whole yeah, nighttime lineup is social, entertainment. All right, but Fox and social, they said they, then they shouldn't put news behind it. And social media should do the same thing. They should not just be able to put things out there and... With you know, and, because and they know. consequences. Allow me, because they let the cat out of the bag in this statement. That when they say the people have the biggest platform on social media, they're all righties. Social media should be regulated because they're saying things that CNN doesn't like. CNN believes that only they can bring you the news. Only they are the truth and the light. Only they are the ones who can bring goodness and kindness and decency. Only they have the power to understand what is happening in the world and bring it to you. Raise a glass to freedom. That's how they see themselves, man. That's themselves, and they all think they're Lafayette, but none of them are Lafayette, and they can't wear the purple of Jefferson, now can they? It's amazing what they think of themselves. I am not a journalist. I say that clearly. I say that directly. I say that with focus. I am not a journalist. To be a journalist is to mean something. It is to be a profession that one studies and practices. I do commentary. Now, there are times I break news, and I would say that I am far better than many in providing the facts and the details regarding COVID and the idea of the spreads of COVID and whether masks have efficacy and this idea of forced mandates, which, of course, I oppose with everything in me. I oppose forced mandates on vaccines. I oppose forced mandates on masks. Masks don't stop COVID, and a forced vaccine is an attack on people and how they live. It doesn't keep anyone safe. It doesn't keep anyone safe. I don't know why we would say it does when absolutely positively it does not. It is wrong to say otherwise. And I discuss it honestly and openly and clearly, utilizing the data uh, that we have in front of us. The people pushing vaccine mandates are wrong and we have heard from all types of people in all types of ways regarding this subject jonathan josh robbins with the athletic uh what is it about the vaccine that that makes you uh hesitant to 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 get it uh i i would start with um i've, I've had covid um in the past and so our, our understanding of antibodies of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies, 
um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level. Um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, That's Jonathan Isaac from uh, the Orlando Magic. He's right. Vaccinated people can spread COVID. Unvaccinated people can spread COVID. The vaccine lessens the symptoms for the people who have COVID but doesn't stop them from engaging symptoms or having it. The vaccine farce. And the farce is not that the vaccine doesn't work. It does work. It does lessen symptoms. It does keep people out of hospitals. In the main, not everyone. The farce is that somehow if everyone's vaccinated, COVID is over. It's not over. It's not over. And the people pushing force... They're horrific. By the way, uh, spokesman for the NBA, Mike Bass, says, quote, any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that he misses. All right, let's see this fight. Because I don't think that the NBA Players Association is going to stand for that. And they're going to say everybody gets paid. You have to respect people's choices. And what happens when big players like LeBron say, you know, we're not going to play in that game either. We're going to support. We're going to support our guy. What happens at that moment? What, players won't stand up for other players? They won't stand up for the league that pays them in terms of the Players Association and making sure everybody gets theirs? Ooh, well. Can you imagine what it's going to be like for a certain fan base when some players decide to play while somebody else is sitting out because they they aren't vaccinated, just like all those people who are watching on TV? That's going to be something. That's going to be something indeed. What, you think this guy is a bad guy? This guy's making perfect sense. Now, the question is for Don Lemon, should he be allowed to be on social media? He's not a journalist, but he has given more truth right there than you have on CNN on this subject in a good long time. Jonathan could be filling in for me on this show, because isn't that everything that I have said? I'm not anti-vax. I just don't tell people what to do. Force is wrong, and it doesn't stop COVID. It doesn't stop COVID. It doesn't stop COVID. Meanwhile, the vice president of the United States didn't stop bigotry right in front of her face. No, no, no. She applauded a young girl for speaking her truth. (laughs) Let's break it down coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I had someone comment to me yesterday. They find it 
interesting or maybe it's fascinating, however you want to describe it, that I am very unafraid to bring up sometimes mental health conversations and things I've gone through, and I don't ever have a problem bringing up religion, the, the fact that I'm Jewish. I don't know why I would ever have an issue with that at all. And sometimes the subject of anti-Semitism comes up, and it's like Tony's only talking about it because it's, he's Jewish, and the answer is uh, no. I'm speaking about it because it is a subject that's coming up. Specifically, uh, it, it happens very often with the squad uh, that here's an entire party, the Democratic Party, that accepts this bigotry, this hate, and they do nothing about it. And then you have Jews who vote for Democrats time and again and again and again, yet somehow they excuse this behavior. And uh, the only answer I can come to is, my people, my people, you're supposed to be the smart ones. You're supposed to be smart, but you don't act it. This brings us to another story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. This is Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States. She's visiting a school, and there's, I think it's George Mason University, and there's a student speaking in the classroom, and I want you to hear some of what this student has to say. I see that over the summer, there have been, like, protests and demonstrations in astronomical numbers then with Palestine, but then just a few days ago, there were funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and it's displacement of people, the same that happened in America, and I'm sure you're aware of this. And I bring this up also because of the issue of how Americans are struggling because of lack of health care, public health care, lack of affordable housing, and all this money ends up going to um, and funding Israel and back in the If you refer to Israel as being guilty of ethnic genocide and then complaining we're sending them a billion dollars while people here are starving, you're an unserious person. And any vice president of the United States is supposed to say, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not ethnic genocide. Stop it. You've been lied to. Is this what this university does to you? Well, this university is trash. What the hell is wrong with you, child? That's what you're supposed to say. Adults are supposed to help children, even college students. Ethnic genocide? What's happening in Palestine hurts our heart. Well, I understand that, considering there is no Palestine. There is, however, Israel, unless, of course, you ask Rashida Tlaib because she doesn't think Israel exists and should be wiped off the map. Okay, she may think it exists, but she covered it up on her, on her map there in her office, and she doesn't believe in Israel's existence. There's a different thing. Nor does she believe that Israel should be able to protect and defend itself, which is what Iron Dome does. That's what the billion dollars was for just recently that the squad wanted to get rid of, and then uh, it got back in, and uh, they're all very upset about it. So here is this student lying, lying about Israel, referring to it as an ethnic genocide. And what does Kamala Harris say? I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And again, this is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth cannot be suppressed. Your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be uh, suppressed, is what she says. Her perspective is one based on a total lie. She has no experiences, and there's no such thing as your truth. There is only truth. Israel is not engaged in ethnic genocide. Israel is the only democracy. The Iron Dome protects Christians and Muslims and Jews and Arabs and gay people and straight people from the terrorists known as Hamas, who Kamala Harris will not condemn. What a failure of an education this girl got. 
but she got a whole bunch of talking points. Woo-wee! So many talking points thrown in there when speaking to the vice president. But this ain't my problem. My problem is Jews who vote for Democrats. Don't you know that you're wrong? Don't you know that just because Bubby voted for a Democrat doesn't mean you have to? Bubby is the Yiddish word for grandma. You wouldn't trust grandma to program your iPhone. You're still listening to her on who to vote for? Maybe it's time for you to get your head out of your tuchus. Now, I didn't have to explain that one to you. That one you knew, right? That one you heard before. All right, you're with me. You're with me. You keep doing this thing as if somehow you're good and you're pious and you're decent. What the hell, man? Trump sometimes told some bad jokes to Jews. And sometimes those were money jokes. And I agree. Hey, what's wrong with you? Cut it out. He did it. He did some of those jokes from the Republican Jewish Coalition and others. Here's a child saying that Israel is guilty of ethnic genocide. And here's the vice president of the United States agreeing. Donald Trump never did that. You're supposed to condemn this loudly, and you stay silent. I believe we call that a Shonda. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.